Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. If you would, open your Bibles to John chapter 12. We are just on the tail end. The, the, we just finished a series last week we were calling Signs and Signposts. And we looked at the seven signs of Jesus culminating with the raising of Lazarus from the dead last week. And we really believe that the Lord has been in that, stirring our hearts and encouraging us. Um, and, and so we're kind of in some in-between space here as we get ready to start a new series. We're going to be in John the whole time, but we're going to start a new series after Easter, I think called Into the Heart of God. I think that's it. Is It's just about intimacy with the Lord, John 13 through 17, and uh, excited about that. But through this whole thing, we've been looking at this idea that John is really trying to show us who is Jesus, who Jesus is, what he cares about, and what we should care about. That's been going through this whole thing. Who's Jesus? What does he care about? What should we care about? So we've been just focusing on it that way. And the point of the entire gospel, John makes very clear. The reason I'm writing this book is so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He's the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So that's John 20, verses 30 and 31, and that's the point of the letter. And so today, we are now, this is Palm Sunday, and next week is Easter Sunday. So we're starting Easter uh, Holy Week, and uh, excited about this. This is the journey leading to the cross, and it starts getting pretty weighty uh, this week. I, actually, it's already been weighty. He's had one crazy encounter after another with different people that are trying to kill him, and he slips through the crowd because his hour had not come yet. But now the hour has come, and that's what we're talking about today. We're in a time... Uh, let, let me just highlight again from the prologue uh, just that... The things John is touching on there, we're still unpacking those, even as we look at John 12 and the triumphal entry. It's, we're still unpacking that he's the word. He is the life. There is no life apart from Jesus, right? He is the word. In him is life, and there is nothing that's ever been created without him. Yeah, that's, that's, the way, that's the way John 1, 2, 3, and 4 uh, reads, the, the, those first few verses of John 1 in the prologue. But he's also the light of the world, and he is the, the one that we receive in order to become children of God. He is the one who reveals the glory of God. No one's ever seen God, but God, the one and only Son, has revealed him. So we're looking to Jesus to inform our ideas about God, right? Like, we can't do it separate. We, the, again, I've, I said this last week, I'm going to say it again this week, that if we were able to form our ideas separate from Jesus, then we would have a different foundation than the one who is the truth. He is the truth. We don't form and get to evaluate him. He's just the truth. And so whatever ideas we have about God, they have to go through the lens of Jesus Christ, who is God's own self-revealing of himself to the world. It's beautiful, right? It's the glory of God. And uh, we're going to talk about that today, too. And so we're in this time right now in our culture 
where we're getting pulled in so many different directions, different philosophies, different currents of culture. But now in this passage, we're getting right into the very heart of God. And we're going to call that next series into the heart of God, but we're actually seeing that because Jesus is revealing out of the innermost depths of who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that he's a God of love from all eternity, that he creates us. The very ground of our being is love. You were created in love out of the loving heart of God. And we're going to even get even more into the depths of that in seeing that it's self-giving, self-sacrificing, agape, other-centered love is what this love actually looks like. Everybody tracking? So, so that's what's going on here. And we come to this Bible verse in John 12, and I, I stumbled on this years ago, and uh, it was because I was reading uh, something from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who's this preacher from the 1800s over in London, and they called him the Prince of Preachers. But he had this quote on the pulpit, kind of behind the, where people, he could see it, but nobody else could see it. And it said, sir, we would see Jesus. And that just hit me. I'm a young preacher, still am. And, um, and uh, <laughs> she said, that's right, preach it, yeah. Um, but it just hit me like that's, like if it was important enough for Charles Spurgeon, maybe I need to learn about that you know, and that that's what I need to be preaching to you guys is Jesus. And so here we are 31 years later uh, of this church anyway. And uh, we're in our 31st year of preaching Jesus. And if you've been around very long, you know that we're going to talk about Jesus every single week, period. Why? Because he is the way, the truth, the life. He's the light of the world. We're in darkness apart from him. We're groping around in the darkness. We can't see apart from Jesus who reveals what God is like. He is the substance, source, the absolute central core of the gospel, the good news. It's Jesus and his life and ministry and sanctified life offered to God, his cross that we're talking about this week, his resurrection we're talking about next week, his ascension, his poured out spirit and his coming again to judge the living and the dead to make all things right, new heavens, new earth, resurrected bodies from the dead. And, and I, I just, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now too. I, my notes are a little sketchy today, so maybe we're going to flow and we've got time <laughs> to just flow together. So uh, Jesus is declared, I'm getting a week ahead, but I'm going to just go ahead and say it. It's why we're studying Jesus. It's why we're reading these scriptures is because he was raised from the dead declared with power through that resurrection to be the true king and lord of the world that's why we're that's why we're doing this he, he's brought new life and it's changed it changes disciples directions and it changes us to hear this good news proclaimed he's won He's won the victory. And so we're, all the preaching flows out of that. This isn't just, uh, hey, you know, you might think about trying this and trying this and trying this. No, he's won. He, th that's the good news, is that the king is victorious. I heard this great illustration a couple weeks ago uh, that I think Tim Keller had used 
And uh, the idea was that there's, that there's a big city, a castle with a city in it, uh, inside the walls, and an enemy comes against this kingdom, and the king goes out with an army, and he takes on the, the, the enemy, and he wins. And so, so, so people are sent back with the word, the good news. The king is victorious. The other way you can you know, think about it is the king goes out, and he's in a tough battle, and so the king sends back emissaries that say, well, the battle's still on, but in the meantime, let's get some people up on the walls and kind of tell people, let's get some arrows ready to fire over here and just kind of advisors. And I want to tell you, I'm not just an advisor. I'm actually proclaiming that the king has won. It's not just, hey, let's tweak your life and let's try to figure out the five P's of this and that. You're like, he's won. Jesus Christ is victorious. And that's the story that we're telling. Sir, we would like to see Jesus. The hour has come is Jesus' response. And so in all of these tension places that Jesus has been walking through and that we find ourselves in as we identify with him and follow him and go the way of the cross, there are tension places in our lives and questions we have to ask ourselves. Will we believe now? And now, now, will we keep believing? That's the, right? That's the idea. Will we believe and keep on believing? And will we lay, out, lay down our lives as Jesus is calling us to do? And will we, or will we say, Father, get me out of this? Anybody ever prayed that one? <laughs> I have. Father, get me out of here. This is heavy. This is too hard. Take it away. And... Um, but there's always an opportunity to keep following. So here's the main thing I'm trying to say this morning. God's calling us to see and believe as Jesus walks through this important hour and follow him with our lives. So here we go. The hour has come to see and believe in, first of all, the king of peace. The king of peace. Can we say that together? The king of peace. Let's stand for this first reading of the word together. Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Shouting. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Shouting. Blessed is the king of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt, as it is written. At first, the disciples did not understand all this. It was only after Jesus was glorified that they did realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Y'all have a seat. So, uh, first of all, we want to see that Jesus is the king of peace. Just think about that. He is the king of peace of peace. He comes riding on the foal, the colt of a donkey. Now, we were, I was 
getting out in the hill country this past weekend and or a few days earlier and uh, had a, some discipleship time with some guys in the church and uh, mostly <laughs> sort of <laughs> we played some golf okay <laughs> and uh, but we we're riding and I've been thinking you know I'm thinking about this message it's not written yet but we're driving down the road and I see a little donkey a donkey's just sitting you know, uh, he, kind of, he kind of looked at me. And, uh, but I, I was thinking about this message, and I thought, man, I c- my legs would almost touch the ground on this donkey. It's not, it's not a powerful animal. It looked like a young donkey. And I just thought, wow, that is not, that's not intimidating. Let me say it that way. Now, here's the thing. All over Europe, there are statues. I, there's an author I've read a little bit of, and, and, uh, and he has a chapter in a, in a book called There's Always Some Dude on a Horse. You know, and so the idea is you go into these different cities in Europe, and there's always some dude on a horse, right? He's, the horse is up, you know, and he's, and he's got a sword in his hand. Why is that? It's because the horse is associated with war and with victory and so the statue then commemorates this guy you know and his victory and it kind of perpetuates that kind of greatness the greatness that comes through military uh, victories and those kinds of things Jesus though is really subverting that Um, he's subverting the idea that we would uh, get our power in that way he's coming as a king of peace right so i'm really not trying to be super uh controversial but as christians you know our heart should always be bent toward the peace way because that we're followers of jesus who is the king he's the king of peace right so let's turn back to john excuse me zechariah chapter 9 which john the apostle is quoting here do not be afraid daughter zion your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt i think we'll get a little more insight into what is going on there the coming of zion's king is what it says in my bible here niv about uh, the coming jesus the coming king the coming messiah rejoice greatly daughter zion shout daughter jerusalem so jerusalem means city of peace Yerushalayim city of peace see your your king comes to you righteous and victorious lowly and riding on a donkey not a horse but a donkey on a colt the foal of a donkey I will take away the chariots from Ephraim now what are chariots? Chariots are like used for war, right? I'm going to take away the chariots of Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, from the city of peace, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. This is our king. He's our king. And he will proclaim peace to the nations, and he will rule, his rule will extend from sea to sea. His glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. 
As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Y'all remember that? We've got two missionaries, Antioch missionaries, that were in prison on 9-11 and in, in uh, Afghanistan, Heather and Dana. And they were set free, finally, in the title of their book about their adventure was called Prisoners of Hope. Prisoners of Hope. Even now, I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. I will bend Judah as I bend my bow of people and fill it with Ephraim, with people. And I will rouse your sons, Zion, against your sons, Greece, and make you like a warrior's sword. So, uh, this is actually, you know, Greece was, you know, one of the world powers of the day. And so it's really interesting that the very next section starts off with Greeks coming to actually want to see Jesus. Sir, we would see Jesus. And there's, it's, it's just, it's incredible. He's the king of peace. And there's coming a day when our hands won't be trained for war anymore. He's the king of peace. Again, we always do this. The, king, the age that we're in now is marked by war and injustice and pain and misery of different kinds. But the kingdom that is coming, the age to come, will be marked by justice and peace and plenty and righteousness. And, and that coming age was going to break in at the resurrection of all things. But the people did not expect the coming age to break in in the, in the middle of time in the coming of Jesus Christ. And so this, this coming age is broken in and yes, we still experience war and hardship, trials and pain, but we are a part of a kingdom that is about peace and righteousness and justice and love and making things right. That good news. Like, so, you know, uh, Maybe we don't have all this political influence or something, but we can be people where we have a say-so that are peacemakers, that help to make things right where we are, that make peace where we can, that, that put down our, our weapons and, and work toward humbly serving and laying down our lives for others like our king, who is the king of peace, riding into the city of peace that is going to one day be represent the whole world the new jerusalem new heavens new earth <laughs> like wow it's incredible yeah i could i could keep going here but just in luke i'll just finish with this one piece there is some weightiness about jesus coming in in the triumphal entry because like people are praising him Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees are upset. Lord, you know, they didn't say Lord. They said, make your disciples, rebuke them. And he said, if they didn't say this, then the rocks themselves would cry out. Creation is groaning and longing for the Prince of Peace to rule in all the earth. And so, Lord, let it happen. That's the cry of our hearts, that we would not miss, like Jesus laments with tears. In Luke 19, he wept. And over the city and said, this is, this is not good because you are missing the time of God coming to you. Very, very just powerful, potent. Lord, wake us up. 
Wake us up that we wouldn't miss you as the king of peace. Second piece, let's move on here, is the hour has come to see and believe in the glory of God. Okay, the glory of God. Let's go back to John chapter 12, verse, verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. And they came to Philip who was from Bethsaida in Galilee with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. And Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. And Jesus replied, here we go. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be, and my Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that was there heard it and said it thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. So the glory of God. We're getting to the heart of God in this because we're seeing that God's heart in the depth of who he is is to be so overflowing in love as to prefer the other as to give his own life away for the other so we have to keep our eyes on Jesus even as we're going through and looking at all the things that we're going to be seeing this week in the cross and in the atonement and we hold together the incarnation of Jesus that God became a human stepped into our humanity and took our humanity upon himself in order to deal with it like just as sin entered the world through one Adam, so righteousness comes for all through Jesus Christ, the second Adam. So he takes our humanity on himself so that he can deal with us and bring us into forgiveness, but also into a shared life with him. He takes our humanity on himself in order to bring us with him through death and into life right into the triune relational heart of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit sharing that communion and love from all eternity. We get brought in on that, and that's just incredible good news, right? Uh, thank you, Lord. And the cross is at the heart of that. That's why we preach the cross, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's code for all the other parts of his incarnation, his sanctified life, the cross, the resurrection, the ascension, the poured out spirit, and his return again. So we're, we're always saying we never separate out the atonement from the incarnation. And when we do that, what you have to watch out for, if you do that, you end up making Jesus like a tool in the hand of God to somehow solve our sin problem. And, and Jesus isn't a tool in the hand of God. He's God. And so there's not two minds in God, like God the Father, he's really upset at us, Jesus, he's so gracious and good, and he comes to get Father liking us again. 
So, so incarnation and cross together, the atonement together, is that God has one heart, one mind. There's not two minds in God, right? So just hold on to that as we're going through and looking at the cross this week. We hold on to the fact, this deep, incredible truth that the Son is exactly revealing the heart of the Father. Like exactly. To see me, he says it here again. He's been saying it all through John. That to see me is to see the Father. I'm only saying exactly what the Father would have me say. Now, Father, glorify your name. It's time for the Son of Man to be glorified. And I'll just say that, that Son of Man quote, it's from Daniel chapter 7, verses 13, 14, I believe. <clears throat> but I saw the Son of, one like a Son of Man going right into the Ancient of Days presence. And he was given rule and authority and power and dominion forever and ever. And this Son of Man is, uh, you know, when we think of rule and authority and power, dominion, authority, you know, like all of that, honor, sometimes we don't think about, not just sometimes, probably a lot of time, we don't think about self-giving love, dying for others, laying down our lives. Is that how you would use absolute power? Is that how you would use absolute sovereignty? And that's what absolute sovereignty looks like in Jesus. And again, we have to keep adjusting our ideas about God to the revelation of God's own self in the sending of his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It's like, it's a beautiful gospel. It's beautiful glory. Like, that, that's the glory of God. Like, we're talking about the glory of God with, wow, reverence that God would come in this kind of self-giving, self-sacrificing, laying down self kind of way, but then also call us into that in ourselves to follow him in that kind of life and living. So the hour has come to see and believe the king of peace, the glory of God, the savior of the world, to believe in the savior of the world. Let's keep going. Jesus said in verse 30, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment in, on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And he said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We've heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? It, he is the savior of the world. He's the savior because in the fall, we're, we've given up our authority. We've given up our, uh, our place in reigning on the earth. And it's been taken by the prince of this world. And so all of the thousands of years of humanity, you know, the... The, the world that's being talked there, the judgment that's coming on the world is the world system of sin. Our, our sin that's been worked out over time and systematized in the world under the rule of the powers and principalities and authorities. And that sin takes on a, 
It's like it takes on a life of its own and it's powered by and, and, and encouraged by the prince of this world, the devil, Satan. And so Jesus is coming to bring a victory over our sinfulness, our sins, but also our propensity to keep on sinning, the flesh, but also death itself and the devil himself who's working behind the scenes all the time. So in the preaching of the cross, that we're looking at this week, we are realizing that and we're seeing that he brought a victory over sin, over death, and over the devil himself. He's come to save us, to save his people, to save the world from their sins. For God so loved us that he gave in order to bring us into connection with him, his life, forgiveness, freedom, hope. Man, it's good news, right? It's just... It's good news. So the hour has come to see and believe in the King of peace, the God of glory, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who is God and who is the Lord himself. He is the great mediator representing humanity to God and God to humanity, all in his one person. And I feel like I'm really starting to preach Jesus today. Sir, we would see Jesus. Let's see him. So it's about him. It's all about him. And he is also to see and believe the light of the world. Verse 35. Then Jesus told them, you're going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they're going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. And when he'd finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. And, and so there's belief and unbelief among the Jews. He quotes Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 6. The Lord, who's believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He's blinded their eyes. They can't see. They've hardened their hearts. They can't see. They can't hear. Or I would turn and they would turn and I would heal them. And at the same time, Many, even among the leaders, believed in him, but the Pharisees would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than praise from God. So, Lord, help us here. You're the light of the world. Verse 44, then Jesus cried out, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but also in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. Just, just, Lord, open our eyes to see Jesus today. I have come into the world as a light so that the one who believes in me should not, uh, excuse me, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all I have spoken. I know that his commands lead to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Yeah, it's just awesome, you guys. He's the light of the world. He is what we need 24-7 all the time to see. And may it be by God's grace that more and more we would walk in the light. Yeah. Just more and more. Lord, come. 
help me, have mercy in that place, that space, that place where I'm walking in darkness and stumbling around. You know, it could be real or figurative, but it could be sin, could be literally walking in the darkness and you know what it's like to fall and hit something. I was, I was going to get a drink last night, water, and uh, out of the fridge. Um, <laughs> And uh, about 3 a.m., <laughs> Ooh, I've had enough. <laughs> Thank you. And Kim had put out, because I'd been out of town, and uh, she, I, I think she, <laughs> there was a suitcase right smack in the middle of the way going into the, the kitchen. And I mean, if it was the... <laughs> oh, that's where I put it. <laughs> hey. This is an interactive deal. We're getting to the heart of it as we go on. That's what I get for sticking this story in. So I put a, a, a suitcase out just so I could tell this story. And had I not seen it at the last second, I would have completely, you know, sprayed out my body in the kitchen. Um, love you. Jesus is the light of the world. Thank you. And the, the thing is, so, the thing is, you know, there's, there's mercy for us in seeing. And there is mercy for us to, to see today. Like the hours come. The hour has come for us to see the Lord and to walk in his presence, to walk in his life, to walk out of the junk and the darkness and to see that he is revealing the Father. So when we're looking to Jesus, we're always thinking Trinity. We're always thinking Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because that's what he's come to reveal and the spirit that he's come to pour out on us. So what should we care about? As if we haven't already, you know, there's enough here. But what should we care about? Who Jesus is, what he's about, and what, what we should care about. And so I wrote down a couple of things. And one of those is we should care about the way of peace. We should care about this, you know, and it should, it, we're grieved, you know, and we get numb to it at times, hearing about the war, Ukraine, Poland, you know, uh, and Russia. And but we should care about peace coming to our world and pray for it. Yes. We should care. Lord, help us to be peacemakers. And, and maybe we can't, you know, turn the tide, you know, ourselves because of we don't have those kind of connections or something. But we can be peacemakers where we're at and in the place where we have a say-so. Yep. And, and we can even hear this word and go, who do I need to make peace with? And, and we probably know. You know, and I, you, you know more deeply in your own situation than I could bring up here. But we should care about the way of peace. We should care about the way of discipleship. You know, what Jesus says there is you're going to follow me. Whoever, whoever is my disciple is going to follow me. And when a, as just as this seed of my life is falling to the ground, we also, we lay down our lives and follow him. And the Father will honor the one who serves me. So we are practicing, you guys, at Antioch, all these years, the way of discipleship. We don't do it perfect. I don't do it perfect. 
probably have to deal with some of what I just said after this service. <laughs> but we're in process, right? It, but we're not, we're not stopping. It's not just a one-time believing. Yes. It's a believe and keep on believing. Yes. Now. Yes. And now. Yes. And now. We keep on believing and trusting in the Lord, His gospel, His kingdom, His reign. We practice. We care about the way of discipleship. We care about the way of resistance. Okay? So we, we're, we're not just in the world and of it. We're in the world, but we're not of it. And so this world system that's under judgment, we stand against. We stand against. Jesus is a victorious king. He's not, it's not like, hey, try these things and do this stuff, and maybe he'll win the victory. He's won the victory. The king is victorious. And so... Uh, we practice the way of resistance when it comes to the ruler, the prince of this world. We're not just going along with whatever. We are resist. We're, we're, we're subversive when it comes to the world versus the kingdom of God. We want to practice the way of the reign of Jesus in our lives, the way of the kingdom of God. So the way of resistance to the world system. Um. Lord, help us to, to see what that is just in our own personal lives. What does that look like in my life? What does it look like? I mean, just it can look like things we watch or don't watch, things we imbibe, take in or don't take in, things we stand against. And it's not just being known for things we're against, but we, but we, we do practice resistance. That makes sense. So, and then the way of the light would be the, the other thing that we care. We care about the way of the light and walking in the light. I, uh, one of the things we do every so often is take care of the twins and uh, little joy bombs, Harper and Liv. And uh, they want to do the same things whenever they come to Papa and Honey's house. There's things they just are waiting. They run in the door, hide and seek. Now, hide and seek's on. Now, we just go, well, hey, how you doing? Hide and seek, hide and seek, hide and seek. You know, and, and it's, it's on, you know. And, but they, the thing is, it's funny. They go to the same hiding places. <laughs> they, they keep doing the same hiding. The, the hiding looks the same. And so I'll go into the front bedroom. I know they're in there because that's where they go on the first hiding spot. And there's two sets of legs sticking out from under the bed. I, I can see you. I, I can see you. And I, I just thought, I was telling Kim, like, I, I think that's such a picture of us. You know, we go to the same hiding places, and our legs are sticking out from the bed, but God's like, I, I can see you. I, I see what you're doing. You're not really hiding. Because the lights come, and we're to be a people of the light. They're awesome. They, I know they've got a sinful nature and going to be, <laughs> they're going to be great by God's grace. So I want to finish here with a story. I was sitting in stillness this morning. That's kind of my new thing. It's just before I start praying or worshiping or anything, just sitting with the Lord in stillness. Got the coffee, just really practical, you know, got to have uh, coffee. I don't have to. I, I 
I haven't tried it without it in a long time. <laughs> Full disclosure. Um, but I'm sitting in stillness and just looking to Jesus. You're the Lord. You're the Lord. And, and I, just suddenly, I remembered in stillness that I'd had a dream. And I don't know if it was last night or the night before. I think it was one of the last couple nights. But just like off in the distance, I remembered this dream just coming to me in stillness. And in the dream, someone asked me about the church. And they said, is it fruitful? And I was like, you know, and I, I think I said something like, well, you know, we're learning to worship and we're learning to pray and we're learning to follow and we're learning the things that would lead to fruitfulness. You know, all these years, you know, we're, we're learning. We're in process. We haven't arrived. And so something like that. But then I said, Lord, was that you? Is that a good question? That's what I was asking this morning was, Lord, is that you? Was that and then I started thinking about all the fruitful places. Like, yeah, I think it's kind of a Lord kind of question, right? Is it fruitful? Um, John 15, abide in me. You'll bear much fruit. Galatians 5, walk in the spirit and you'll bear the fruit of the spirit. Love and joy and peace, patience, kindness. The sower of the seed and the parable of the sower, you know, is that our lives bear a harvest as we stay close to the Lord. The seeds that are sown in our lives bear a harvest 30, 60, or 100 fold unless we let it get choked out. So is it fruitful? And I think I just, it was just hitting me as, as the, I was thinking about the hour, the hour has come and it just seemed all of a sudden just kind of weight hit the room there. Is it fruitful? And I think that's probably a great question for us to just hold on to. Is this, is this fruitful? Is what I'm doing here, is this, is this fruitful? Is this the way I'm relating to people? Is this fruitful? I mean, the way I'm staying close to the Lord, is this fruitful? Is the drift that's going on in whatever part of my life fruitful? Yeah, and, and so I just, I, I really think that was for, I know it's for me. Is it fruitful? You know, can I do it with you, Jesus? Is it going to be a blessing to you? Is it fruitful? Something you want to grow more of in my life. Is it fruitful? And as we lean into Holy Week, you guys, this week, we remember that Jesus Christ died for us. He died for humanity, that we might know him, be forgiven, live with him, abide in him, and as we remember that he died for us, we remember that his hour came. There was all the times when it wasn't his hour. Woman, it's not my, the hour hasn't come yet. The Pharisees, we're going we're gonna to kill you. No, the hour hadn't come yet. He slipped away. Again, he slips away. The hour hadn't come yet, but the hour has come. And it's time. He's going to say it again and again several times in these next few chapters. The hour is here. It's, it's time. The hour has come. And the time is now for us right? For us here, the hour has come to see Jesus, to see, to see what we're talking about here, that he's the king of peace, to see and to believe in the king of peace. Even though we don't see it all the time, but we're believing that Jesus is the king of peace. And we're seeing and believing that Jesus brings and reveals the glory of God. 
right out of the innermost depths of God's eternal being is his love and his life and his creation and his goodness and his power that's used in self-sacrificing ways that bring us into fellowship with him and with each other and with our brothers and sisters around the world. We were just praying over there just a minute ago that just the, the weight of Palm Sunday is maybe there are some churches that for whatever reason don't celebrate Palm Sunday, but there's a lot that are, right? Just around the world, the sun's been rising from the far east, from the islands, and the sun's been rising. The world is spinning, I know how it works, but the sun is rising, and, and brothers and sisters around the globe are celebrating what we're celebrating this day, that the hour has come. And we remember that Jesus went to that cross for us, for me, for you. And the time is now to lay down our lives, as he says, to not hold on to them in the midst of this world, but to trust Jesus, to follow Jesus, who is the Savior of the world, and he is the light of the world, right? Amen. Y'all stand up. Worship team, come on up. And there's just some really important ways for us to respond here. To, and we do this, if you're visiting with us, we do this every Sunday. So we have ministry team, come on up. And uh, we have people come and get prayer. It's just something about responding in the moment. You know, there's just, it's just good to get prayer in the moment, to have people praying with us and for us. And um, so, so the first thing is, as you've heard the word of God preached this morning, and something's resonating in your heart, if there's a yes there, man, lean into that in prayer. Come and get prayer from somebody. Or if there's a hindrance that you're going, ah, oh, there's a hindrance in my life, and I, I know what it is, and Lord, help me. Just come and get prayer. There's a hindrance there. Maybe, you know, this thing about peace, the king of peace, that's like, that probably affects most of us in some way. Just think, if, if we as the church really walked in peace, think how much less strife there would be on planet Earth. Like if all the Christians walked in peace, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? It's an awesome, it's an awesome thought. So we want to advocate for peace. Lord, help us. You know, discipleship is one of those things too. Like, I want to be a disciple not just casual. I want to I follow Jesus. It's an all-the-time ask. And if you've not been baptized in water, we're doing that next week. You know, let's, let's be baptized. Let's put on Christ and be baptized, receiving forgiveness and life and hope and new life, raised to walk anew yes. with Jesus. You know, and... Another area is just if the enemy has been having his way in some part of your life, let's resist him. Let's just, let's resist the enemy today in prayer. If the front fills up, get somebody to pray for you. Like, I need a breakthrough here. Uh, I'm, I'm walking in some breakthrough in the last six, eight weeks. I'll tell you about it later. I don't have time right now, but just, but because I started praying about it. And that's exciting, you know? Um, and so if there's part of your, finally, if there's part of your heart that's been in the dark about something, man, come and get prayer. Yeah. Let's, let's just get things in the light. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, help us. Help us here today. Just 
to meet with you. The hour has come. You've been putting this off for a long time. The hour has come. Let's walk forward today, right now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Whatever your need is, as always, if you have some other need, please get prayer. Don't leave without getting somebody to pray for you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, Lord.